everybody, and welcome to Forever Motorsports on Forever Motorsports. As I say, normally on Forever Sports, but we're doing this as the first time I think that we've done yes. the podcast on this channel. Now, this channel going forward is going to be our main source of information. It's going to be all the F1 dedicated content. You're not going to be lambasted and otherwise with uh, other content. It's just Formula One. It's just motorsports. It's just I think Dries is going to do a little bit more GP yes. going forward as well and some other things. So be sure to stick around and be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video and uh, tune in for all of our new shows and things that are going to be happening on this channel. We've got fan forums now happening. We've got obviously the Grand Prix coming this weekend, which we are doing some of the streams on this channel for the first time as well. So lots of exciting things happening on the channel and we're very much looking forward to getting going and getting this channel up and running. The problem is, however, we've got very few subscribers because all of our fans are on the other channel. So if you are new to this channel and if you are from the other channel, be sure to hit subscribe, turn on those notifications immediately so that you can be notified about all of our content going forward. So we are currently in the summer break and uh, we are finally about to end it with Zandvoort well, this week. So we are now in race week, yes. which is very exciting after the this very very slow summer break. Unfortunately, we were expecting a bit of madness, a bit of uh, silly season to get underway, but unfortunately, it was a bit of a snooze fest, really, Mark. Yeah, I mean, everybody was just sort of you know like that meme says, you know, come on, do something, just poke <laughs> poke at the bear and do something, but nothing's really happened. Um, you know, there's been talk about Lewis Hamilton and his potential links with Ferrari and otherwise. And that was shut down and immediately. <laughs> exactly. So all of the things and little attempted rumours that were started up immediately were killed. Uh, there's not much to speak about other than the fact that De Vries will be back in a Formula 1 car in terms of at least uh, as a reserve driver yes. uh, for Red Bull. So we'll see Nick De Vries return uh, in that regard. And that's about, that's about it really, if we're honest. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, as I say, it's been a bit slow, unfortunately, but there is still a lot going on in terms of the Formula One drivers and their personal lives. They've been quite busy, of course, over the summer break, uh, just getting a bit of relax, uh, relaxation in. Uh, yeah, I think Charles Leclerc partying a little bit too much, maybe. Uh, he'll be having a bit of a hangover, maybe, in Zandvoort. But otherwise, yeah, it's been an interesting little, little summer break. I'm sure it has been quite important for a lot of the mechanics, though, as well as the teams, to, to get those vital upgrades done before the, the upcoming race in Zandvoort this weekend. Aston Martin critically needing to bring those upgrades for this next race weekend because they are starting to fall off the back of those top three. And we don't want to see that happening. We want to see Fernando Alonso continuing to fight it out for those top three finish finishes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a surprising thing because we were so, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were so surprised by Aston Martin. We didn't actually even realize how well they really did do because, you know, going into the summer break now, they're actually still right up there challenging. There's no reason why they cannot finish third and even still try to challenge Mercedes for that second position and obviously try to fend off from McLaren who are coming up from behind. Um, but they're still right up there, even though they've done quite poorly in the last few Grand Prix. So it's exceptionally important, as we said, that Aston Martin get those upgrades done. And I'm sure the engineers have been very hard at work during this break. And uh, Alonso and Stroll going into Zandvoort really need to try and make it count. I think they desperately need a podium as soon as possible just to sort of reinforce their position right at the top of the table. Yes, for sure. And I mean, Zandvoort, I think, is going to be quite difficult for sure to get close to the top of the tables there because Max Verstappen, it's his home race. It's a race where he's going to be trying to, to do very well because he can take 
a new record here, well, equal a record, that is, of Sebastian Vettel's nine-race win streak. Uh, so he'll be attempting to, to equal that with Sebastian Vettel, as well as, I mean, it is his home track. He's won here in the past two years already, the, the first two years we've had it back since the 90s. Uh, but yes, I think Max Verstappen, once again, is going to be the favorite this weekend. Who can come second and third? That is surely what we're going to be asking. Hopefully, uh, the Ferraris make some, some gains. They have already, though, uh, it has been heard that they have abandoned their 2023 car and are focusing on 2024, though, already. They are not doing any more aerodynamic testing in the wind tunnels back in Maranello uh, and well, for their 2023 car at all. Which is a bit of a surprising thing because, you know, surely you'd want to try and get up a little bit further up. If it was just because they were second and they were firmly in second and, uh, you know, they couldn't make gains in Red Bull, I can understand it. But they're still, you know, they're right behind Aston Martin. They're fourth. They're fourth right behind Aston Martin. I don't care. Ferrari's fourth. It's useless. I don't <laughs> care. But it's, it's, it's... The fact of the matter is they still have a few points to gain and, of course, points is money. Mm. So, as a Ferrari fan and as a Ferrari team you should surely want the team to try and get as many points as possible this season sure. to get as much money for the next season with cost caps involved they do still they do still have upgrades in the pipeline though even though they aren't doing any more aerodynamic testing they have already I think tested for those those new upgrades so they've done as much as they can for this year possibly they've also just run on a budget for this year so they've decided to abandon and start focusing on 2024 they know they're not going to challenge for the top two in the championship this year so i think they may as well just get uh get the well get on the ground running for 2024 because please don't be another disappointing year for us ferrari please come Indeed, on it's exactly that so we've got a couple of articles we're going to go through on the podcast today and uh as i say this is the first time we're doing it on this channel so be sure to uh hit that like button and subscribe uh and yeah let's go through and so article here from lydia me uh, for, I think this is Fan Nation and F1 briefings and otherwise. So, let's go through this article here. It's just got a couple of things we can go and talk about in general. And uh, it's saying the Dutch Grand Prix troubles, De Vries's return and Verstappen's criticisms and all these other things. So, a daily roundup of everything to catch up on when you're too busy. So, thank you very much to Lydia Mee for this article as we're about to read through. So, let's just go and read a little bit of it and then just discuss as we need to. So, uh, McLaren files the lawsuit against Alex Pelot after paying millions of dollars before the major snub. Reese, you know more yes, about I this, and this is a bit of major news, so do take us through. Yes, so Alex Pelot is a, a, I think it's a, he's a double world champion in IndyCar, currently racing with Chip Ganassi Racing, and he signed a contract with McLaren to race for them, I think, for next year, 2024, and has now gone back on his word and is continuing with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. So, of course, McLaren feel that they have him under contract, they have his signature on the, the contract papers, but he thinks that he can get out of it. His management have actually left him at this point, so I think they kind of see that he's maybe wrong at this point, so there could be a big lawsuit incoming for for alex pillow and mclaren yeah let's go and read a little bit more into that and it says an agreement was reached by all parties pillow would in would continue racing for chip ganassi racing in the indycar series but would also participate in formula one tests for mclaren the long-term plan projected a full-time move for pillow to mclaren by 2024. the waters were muddied when zach brown ceo of mclaren revealed last week that pillow had no intention of seeing that agreement through and did not foresee a future with mclaren after 2023. 
IndyStar reports that lawsuits have been lodged by both McLaren Racing Limited and McLaren Indy against Palou and his racing establishment, Alpa Racing USA. Uh, these lawsuits filed in the UK signal McLaren's intent to retrieve substantial monetary investments they channeled into Palou's career. Uh, Brown revealed to Forbes the following. He said, We made a significant investment in Alex Palou. Looking forward to racing with him in 2024. We're placing our trust in the legal system to resolve this matter and we'll keep our comments at that. As a team, we're turning our focus to the final races this season and on our plans for 2024, which we'll announce once we are ready. So, I mean, massive, massive news, really. Yes, it is massive news. I mean, McLaren, it's quite similar to what happened with Oscar Piastri and Alpine. But... With this, McLaren actually had a, a written contract and a signed contract by Alex Pillow, and they definitely had him signed to join their team. Uh, whereas Oscar Piastri and uh, Alpine, Alpine had been funding his junior formulas and junior career, but did not have him signed as a Formula One driver as of yet. And McLaren jumped in and got him signed, uh, where Alpine then decided that they would announce him as a Formula 1 driver without him actually putting pen to paper. So this could have quite a big impact uh, on Alex Pillow and he could have to pay McLaren tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really, really stupid in terms of, of decisions and why people try to go back on words and do these things. I mean, it's surely all you know, bread and butter decisions. It's here's a contract, you sign the contract, now you know you're committed, you can't just decide to go uh, you know what, actually, yeah, I know I've signed and I said I'm going to do all of this illegally and officially and stuff. But nah, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. It doesn't make sense. And yeah, now he's going to land himself in huge trouble. And quite apart from anything else, he's ruined his career. Because now no other big team is going to touch him. Not a single team is going to look at him and say, yes, that's the person we want to go and get. Because this is the sort of rubbish he does. So why shoot yourself in the foot? I don't know. But that's exactly what Alex Pandu has done. Yes, and speaking of lawsuits, there has been some, well, big uh, news in the last week with, uh, it was Felipe Massa filing a lawsuit to get his 2008 World Championship reinstated for him, rather than Lewis Hamilton, who did win that year, by a single point. Uh, he wants, well, he, uh, being Felipe Massa, wants the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix nullified because of the, the conspiracy that took place uh, with the Renault team where they told the driver to crash intentionally. So uh, Felipe Massa has also stated that the FIA and the Formula One management group knew that there was a conspiracy happening and didn't say anything until years later when it finally came out and became a massive scandal. So another massive lawsuit in the world of motorsport. Yeah, indeed. And of course, you went over that this week in your various videos on the channel and otherwise. So be sure to go and check those out, people, if you haven't. But I mean, has there been any revelations and otherwise, uh, you know, anything happened since? Or has that just Not gone quiet much, suddenly? to be honest, but uh, it is a very big talking point for sure. I mean, if a driver can file a lawsuit to win a championship back, could we see other drivers doing the same i mean well you you can... all of us know exactly who you're talking about well, not, not, i'm talking about the likes of as well graham hill fighting against michael schumacher when schumacher just took him out of the race you see the problem is is that you're gonna to have to come towards a, a, a decision when it comes to how much time you can wait because even massa sorry because even yes yeah because even because even because even massa right now i mean we're talking about the 2008 drivers championship 2008 is 15 years ago mm. yes. 15 years ago it's now very how long how long can you wait for these things to happen? You know, I mean, everyone still talks about the big scandal that was 
Hamilton and Verstappen in 2021. Now, that in itself was a big FIA scandal. It's not really to do with the teams. It's more to do with the FIA and uh, their decision in that very final race. Um, with regards to safety car, weird things that happened. Nobody disputes the fact that it was very weird. Obviously, there's different sides to who believes which one was right and which one's correct. But otherwise, you could then have the exact same sort of arguments. And he would have a lot more say, Hamilton, than Massa right now. Because Massa's going 15 years on. Whereas Lewis Hamilton can go and say, well, two years ago. That's when we had serious, serious things to go and look at. Now, reinstate my championship or whatever. So it, it opens a big can of worms. So it's going to be a very interesting outcome to see if anything happens. Or do we think it's just going to suddenly just die down and quiet? Because everyone knows actually there's nothing there. I mean, what is the statute of limitations on these things as well, as you say? I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I wonder if the FIA and Formula 1 even really pay that much attention to it. I'm sure they'll have to. I mean, could you see Massa being paid out hundreds of millions of dollars for morale being, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, look, it's, it's not going to be hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars anyway. We know At that At the much. moment, he's wanting tens of millions. Yeah. And but... he doesn't know what, well, he hasn't put a number <laughs> down yet. Yeah, but so... as, as we know, with a lot of legal things, we start at a very high number and it dwindled down to much, much lower than what they would love to have. Because I think all of us would love to sue people for hundreds of millions of dollars. Problem is, it's not actually worth that. So uh, Massa, I'm sure, is just trying to get himself into the news a little bit and try to make himself out as to be a, a great racing driver who won that championship 2008. Uh, don't get me wrong, definitely a big scandal, but trying to come back 15 years later to try and claim that you actually want it and go and do a legal process. That's a bit of a uh, stretch. So I'm not sure we're going to see that happen. So unlucky for Massa. Oh, well, that seems to be his problem. But quite frankly, if I was Hamilton, I'd be watching the, the situation very very carefully. And, you know, if, if something bizarre happens and, you know, they do go and do stupid things, not only is he going to lose now that championship, supposedly, means that he will now think, well, I need to get that championship back by going to 2021. And then Max Verstappen will have issues because then he'll lose his championship and etc. etc. It opens a big can of worms, which is why I don't think we'll see anything happen there. So now I've got another article here. Uh, so it goes and says, Mercedes CTO Mike Elliott has expressed his faith in George Russell to be able to get what he needs out of the tricky W14 car. Now, we know this week, we've been watching the entire season, and uh, before they uh, ditched the zero side pod idea, George Russell was actually outperforming uh, Lewis Hamilton. He was doing better generally in that W14 this season, until such time as they decided to put the side pods back on, which significantly improved the performance of Mercedes, but not George Russell who uh, suddenly found himself really struggling with the car. So, I mean, yes, I mean, precisely, it was very weird. I mean, before Monaco, when they brought those new upgrades, George Russell was the most competitive driver in that Mercedes vehicle. Uh, I mean, even in the year before, when they first trialed out those zero side pod concepts, he was the only Mercedes driver to take a win that season. And very weirdly for Lewis Hamilton not to be on form, up until the point where they switched over to the, the side pod concept, uh, which seems to be suiting Lewis Hamilton a lot better, possibly because it is a lot more of a, a traditional driving style compared to the zero side pod concept. And I think George Russell didn't necessarily mind the way that it handled. Maybe it actually suited him in the way that it handled. And he's now having to readapt his driving style to, to suit the side pod car. And he's really starting to struggle. 
Yeah, so let's go and look at the article here. And it goes and says, Russell took the F1 world by storm last season and was very quickly branded Mr. Consistency. He managed to outperform the expectations, extracting an impressive performance from the less than perfect W13. In doing so, he managed to eclipse Hamilton in the points tally, a feat few thought was possible. Uh, contrastingly, this year uh, has been less generous to Russell. While Hamilton has basked in the limelight, celebrating on the podium four times, Russell has been there only once. And he's candidly spoken out about the challenges he's faced. Referring to the car's compatibility, Russell shared the following. He said, when you're on the right foot, things are a little bit easier. When you're not stressing, your car's in the right place. And when you put it on the ground. Uh, and when you put it on the ground, sorry. I'm sure we're going to be strong in the second half of the season. We've got some little things coming in after the break. I'm confident we can secure that second best team to try and close that gap further. Uh, so Mark, Mike Elliott, sorry, say Mark, that's my name. Mike Elliott weighed in on Russell's challenges, speaking um, about the current generation of F1 cars. He remarked, I think these cars are hard to drive and they're running close to the ground. And it's tricky to start uh, to sort of find that right balance through the corner. It's tricky to do that with the stiffness of the car. So do you think he's saying that George Russell finds that a bit of a issue? He doesn't like being so close to the ground, maybe? Well... <laughs> I don't necessarily know. We know that he's a very tall driver and his his driving position is a lot different to the rest of the drivers down the grid. So maybe with it being so much further to the ground and him being a lot higher up in the car, it does maybe hinder his driving style a little bit. But I don't necessarily know. Maybe the, the side-potted concept as well. I think you said that the suspension is a bit stiffer as well, which may also just be affecting his driving style. Yeah, it could be a multitude of factors that, that leads to this issue that George Russell is facing. But I'm sure, as we said, we get out of the summer break. We're in race week now. I'm sure we'll see Russell uh, improve drastically towards the end of the season. And as he says he wants to do with that Mercedes team, get that second place because they know the first place is conceded already to that of Red Bull. Now, speaking of Red Bull, Max Verstappen has hit out uh, or hits back at changes that F1 is uh, proposing and, and wanting to introduce, saying it shouldn't all be about money. Uh, Reese, if you want to read. I've got a light in front of my face. Oh, sorry. Reese has got a light in front of his face, so he claims that he can't read this. I mean, really, what an ignorant I'm joking. Uh, so let me just read it for you so that you can also be on the same page as me and the rest of us. Uh, Max Verstappen has always been a fan of the traditional format of Formula One and has hinted at his sprint race format dislike in the past. But as the new format digs deeper into the sport, the Dutchman has raised his voice again, though not totally against it. He says that the changes should be such that they benefit the sport. Um, so let's go and read exactly what Max Verstappen said. Um, do we have... No, we don't have quotes, but we, we can go and say this. We've, we've, got, we've got a summary of what he said. And says, Verstappen has sort of hit back at the changes happening to the sport because he cares about it. Revealing that he has always been a fan of the well-structured traditional qualifying sessions, he questioned the changes being made out and whether they were working well already. He said that the adjustments should benefit Formula One and that it shouldn't be all about the money. Verstappen opened up to the Telegraph. Uh, that's the Dutch newspaper, about people's perception of him earning a lot of money, so there should be no reason for him to be complaining about the sport. But according to him, it's not only about earning money, it's also about your well-being and the experience you get. He sometimes wonders if he is sacrificing too much and if all of that is worth it. Now, that's also quite an interesting thing to, well, to, I mean, to read could, into. Well, I mean, he could only do about 10 races in a season and still win, so... Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. So here we go. We've got some quotes about Verstappen uh, and saying why he is often critical of the current state of affairs 
He said this. He says, yes, because I care about the sport that I've always enjoyed and still enjoy, but to a certain extent. It's not that I'm completely against changes, as it's sometimes claimed, but there should be adjustments that benefit Formula 1. Why change certain things if they're, not, if they're working well? I think a traditional qualifying season uh, session as it is, is well structured. It shouldn't be all about the money. People might think he earns a lot of money. What's that guy complaining about? But it's all, it's about well-being. How do you experience things and not much how, and not how much you earn. Sometimes I feel like I have to do and sacrifice too many things. Then I sometimes think, is it still worth it? So he's been very vocal this entire season, of course, whilst he's been sitting very, very happily on top of the leaderboards and winning basically every race. Uh, but he's been very critical of the FIA, of F1 as well, and saying, you know, so many things are changing. And do you think this is maybe just all the pressure coming to him because he's doing so well that they're trying to inform all these changes and saying, well, why are you changing things just because I'm doing well? well? I don't necessarily think that. I think that he's a, a Formula One fan through and through like the rest of us. And he wants to keep the DNA of the sport as it is. And I think the way he's seeing it at the moment, it is being run thin a little bit by, I mean... Sprint races being introduced by 23 races in the season. It's becoming more difficult for, for drivers. Uh, it's becoming, I think, a little bit less interesting for fans when we have so many races in the season. Um, it's a multitude of, of reasons, really. But I think, fundamentally, he is a, a Formula 1 fan and wants to keep the DNA of the sport as it is. I think, as well, he is quite critical a lot of, uh, a lot of the time about... The, the car changes that the FIA and Formula One are making because he wants to see it promoting better racing, not necessarily just to further the uh, further uh, mo motors or stuff like that um, because they often in introduce the ERS and the mechanical um, MGUH, all of those systems, which don't necessarily improve racing because it introduces a lot of weight into these cars. And he really wants to go back to smaller footprint cars like we do as well. Mark and I have always been speaking about this. And I think he just wants to go back to an engine and a chassis, really, rather than having all of these additional units that add so much weight and make it less easy to race. Yeah, and it's exactly that. And I think all of us fans, we want to see the traditional things kept that which, of course, is worth keeping. And if it's not worth keeping, if there's things that, you know, we can try new that do improve the sport, as long as it benefits the sport as a sport, not as a money-making racket, then I'm all for it. Which, as we say, we really want those footprints of the cars diminished significantly. Yes, and the weight. Significantly, please. and the weight. Yeah. So, if we can just see those cars zooming around again, where they actually have the ability to go three abreast in corners sometimes, that's what we want to see. You want to see really close racing and also um, you know, a smaller car well, means... As well, with the, the introduction of carbon neutral fuels, we could get back better engines like the V10s or V8s. Mm. I mean, why keep V6s with a, a battery unit if it's not needed? If you've got carbon neutral fuels, run the heck out of those engines and use V10s. I mean, I think that will bring back so many more people into the sport having that noise that that dna back in formula one and i think that will bring back so many more viewers than sprint races and all of these other things that they're trying to trial out and you know quite frankly we we are at the pinnacle of engineering yes the pinnacle of engineering have a v10 and a and a battery in a smaller car make it work mm. Make it Precisely. work. I'm sorry, make it work because why do we have to have massive cars? Oh no, because the ERS system and the whole putting all the hybrid system and makes. No, don't give me rubbish. Formula One is meant to evolve <laughs> and push forward 
technology for the future. So why not make it happen? I mean, it, it, it's not impossible. I mean, we're talking about some of the best engineers in the world when it comes to mechanics and the cars. So look at other things in the world. We had phones start out this big, become this small, become this little big again, but this is for aesthetic now. I feel like Formula One's done the same thing. We started tiny, we've gone bigger, but the problem is we haven't gone back to smaller again. Like, the, that's the problem. I feel like we've gone bigger because it's an oh, no, you know, It's the same as computers as well. We started with computers were massive, then got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So why is Formula One's engines and everything like that not following suit? Why are we not? We've grown much, much bigger the whole time to try and accommodate more. Well, let's accommodate more in a more compact style. There's nothing that can stop you from doing that. I'm sure we can do it. And I'm sure that Adrian Newey and the lot know exactly how they can do it. Make it happen. Get us smaller cars. Get us fast engines that make lots of noise. Get all the Formula One traditional fans back. Get some good racing back. And let's all of us enjoy one of the best sports in the world. Yes, I agree. I mean, I think that would certainly bring a lot more of the fans back into Formula One. Uh, before we start to wrap up, we should mm. probably talk about what our title of our video is today, uh, which is Perez on the Edge. And that is a little bit of a clickbaity title to get you to watch the video. But it is also talking about the fact that Sergio Perez and Christian Horner have both had their, their triad acting and have done a video in Las Vegas for the ramp up to the Vegas Grand Prix. Uh, Mark, uh, you, I know you watched the video a little bit. Tell us about what happened. Well, I do quite enjoy the fact that, you know, I almost feel like there's a small, small little dig at Perez actually from the Red Bull team, which I'm not sure if Perez necessarily picked up on, or maybe he's part of the joke and he enjoys it. But of course, all the media speculation this year about Perez's seat being at, in danger and him not being quite as good as Max Verstappen and not necessarily deserving of that driver's seat. Um, as the video starts, quite hilariously, we find the Red Bull, uh, his Red Bull, on top of Caesar's Palace, I believe. Yes. Um, in Las Vegas, literally on the roof, just found it there. And Christian Horner sees a picture of this and goes, mm, Checo. Like, no, no hesitation. That must be the driver who's done this, unfortunately. So... I almost feel well, like it's a small hint of going and saying, ah, the disappointment. <laughs> well, I think it's also a bit of a, a nod at The Hangover. I thought it was a brilliant little uh, short film that they did there with Sergio Perez running, uh, well, doing some race runs through the, the Las Vegas Strip, racing the, the famous fountains there, as well as racing some other local uh, motorsport drivers. And I think there was also a motorbike at one point. Yeah, it was a great little video there. Red Bull, once again, it's just master top class, top marketing, class, of yeah. course. And yeah, it's, it's top class marketing. And uh, be sure to go and check that video out because it is very, very good. But I did have a good laugh because it's, uh, it's, uh, they, they definitely chose Sergio Perez. He did, they actually did very well, both of them. I quite enjoyed their performances. But um, I almost feel like there was a little underlying script thing that they said, you know what, we're going to play a little bit they into the media offered, hands. They also offered him at one point Danny's Donuts, which mm. was a donut box with a picture of Daniel Ricciardo on the, on the yes. top of it. So. And he went, no. So I did enjoy that as well. So Red Bull just playing quite cleverly then, saying, you know what, that's what media is talking about. Let's just have a little fun with that. So well done to Red Bull. And uh, as they have been doing this entire season, they're continuously winning in all areas of their work. But guys, we're going to wrap up now. And uh, thank you so much for watching. And of course, joining me and Reese on Forever Motorsports, not on Forever Sports. Uh, so be sure to like and subscribe. And I do mean subscribe to this channel. We're trying to build up this audience as quickly as possible uh, to get all of you guys coming across this channel. We're going to be doing a lot more on this channel going forward. And it'll be all dedicated to the motorsport world. So you can be sure that uh, you'll see all the videos that you want to see. 
Also be sure to check our Discord also in the link or in the chat. It should be pinned there. So if you would like to see uh, all the latest news for Formula One and get to know us a little bit better, there is that link in the description. Yes, indeed. Perfect, guys. Thank you so much for watching Fuev Motorsports. We'll see you in the next one. And of course, this weekend in Zandvoort. And we'll have a preview for that as well coming up uh, later this week and otherwise. So thank you guys so much for watching. And you'll see Reese throughout the entire week as well doing all of his videos and his daily shows as well. Cheerio.